And it's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from the Rupp Arena in Lexington, Kentucky. It's Monday Night Hurrah! Air date, February the 12th. 2024, this episode is the road to the Elimination Chamber. Uh, let's go in. One, two, one, two, three. Let it really look wrestling. He looks a talk about it. If you like to watch wrestling, we can't do. Come join us. Uh, welcome to All Our Wrestling Show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of uh, Monday Night Raw. But before we dive into the show, just a quick shout out to the non-competitors. That's right, they are the glue that holds the building together. First and foremost, representing the authority figure, it's the general manager, Adam Pierce. Next, Getting all the pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops, they are the team of Kathy Kelly and Jackie Redmond. And of course, heading into the ring, we've got the officials, the referees of the night. And they are the team of uh, Chad Patton, Danilo Amphibio, Daphne LaShawn, Eddie Aregno, and Sean Bennett. And of course, last but certainly not least, it's the commentary crew, the play-by-play guys, the hosts, and I even call them the uh, narrators of the whole damn show. They are the team of, now he is a, uh, a long-time veteran of well over 25 years, it's Michael Cole. And next to Michael Cole, backing him up, is a returning um, football fan, lover, the very enthusiastic, Pat McAfee. Now, without any further ado's, Let's get started with uh, a little big show, a big show today. And we start really big, actually, straight up. Nobody coming to the ring for, uh, I don't know, a promo. We go straight up with a, a six-man tag, a six-man tag. It is uh, um, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods of The New Day. And their partner is Jay Uso, longtime rival, now best friends, frenemies now. Versus Imperium, Gunter, your intercontinental champion, and his uh, teammates are uh, Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser. This match was a barn burner. This was a knuckle duster. This was a fun match. Fun match. Uh, now, this was about 20, a little under 20 minutes. 20, little under 20. There's a long match, I gotta say. Now, here's the thing. Um, in this match here, the ropes really don't matter. Now, even though Imperium, they are a stickler with the ropes, you know, rules and ropes, holding ropes when you're tagging in and out. Uh, but unfortunately, it don't matter. Now, the ropes were used and they weren't used. And the ref just does not care. And the ref in this match is Danilo Amphibio. Refereeing this match that uh, fell off this, um, you know, Fell off the rails quite a few times. Anyways, what happens? What happens in this match? Now, of course, uh, there's a huge feud between the Imperium and uh, you know the New Day and uh, Jey Uso. Jey Uso wants that you know Intercontinental Championship belt, and in this match here, it's uh, very, very little is uh, Gunther in the ring. You know, he has enough time in the middle and beginning of the match to rip off Jey Uso's shirt. You know, no yeet there, baby. Anyways, in this match here, it was basically Kofi Kingston bearing the blunt of the load. Bearing the blunt of the load. Now, in this match here, it really bothers me, you know. The referee, he's got to use his words. His words. The referee's not a competitor. Referee cannot touch the, you know, the talent in the ring there. He's got to give them verbal warnings. If they ignore the verbal warnings, their disqualifications will ensue. Period. End of story, but of course, it is uh, Danilo getting a little bit touchy with Gunter. 
really or really but like I say this match was a lot of uh, you know Kofi Kingston but uh, it was Jey Uso really putting a pounding down on all the uh, Imperium and especially uh, Giovanni Vinci and uh, Ludwig Kaiser smashing them both inside the ring giving them all the hip checks in the corner yeah pretty embarrassing now eventually eventually uh, it's uh, Gunther he gets in the ring there and Jey Uso takes on Gunther and it was just Jey Uso destroying Gunther high cross body press he just smashing Gunther and like it was pretty w weird Gunther was just selling this whole thing eventually Jey Uso gets the whole spear on Gunther Gunther's looking pretty bad right now it took uh, Ludwig Kaiser to come in there to uh, break the pin otherwise they would have lost then and there but the match carries on. It's, uh, you know, Giovanni taken outside the ring. And it's, uh, the, he's taken out by one. Xavier Woods jumps off the apron apron there with a weird looking dropkick type thing, lands on uh, Gio's foot. Who knows, maybe uh, Xavier Woods might have hurt his back again by landing on his foot. Maybe not. After that, it's Kofi Kingston comes in there and rams Ludwig Kaiser right into this uh, ring post. Like a so. But inside the match, Gunther, he finds he's crossed. Oh, I can't do it. Gunther crosses the ropes and tags in uh, Giovanni Vinci. Giovanni tries to put, uh, you know, uh, Jey Uso away with the power bomb, the power la bomba. Unfortunately, Jey Uso you know, flips around, flips out of it. And then uh, it's crazy because, uh, you know, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods runs into the ring there. No tags, nothing. And they pick up, uh, you know, G um, Giovanni Vinci and then gives him the old uh, one and done, I guess, the uh, 3D. It's uh, Kofi Kingston. Xavier Wood picks up, uh, you know, Giovanni for the uh, flapjack. And then it's uh, Kofi Kingston with the big uh, cutter. Not Kofi Kingston, it's uh, Jey Uso. How, <laughs> how hilarious was that mistake? But yeah, Jey Uso with a big pin. Wow, wow. And then after that, it's Jey Uso goes to the top rope for a massive Uso splash to finish off, put a, a statement to the match. Ends it like a so. Like a so. Now we go on to our next match. A quick one. No, nothing really, no intermissions or nothing like that. We go straight to, uh, pretty much, goes to the an Elimination Chamber qualifying match between uh, um, the almighty Bobby Lashley and, if you didn't know, it says, when you read his name on the Jumbotron, Big Bronson Reed. Big Bronson Reed. Because if it didn't say big, you never know. He's a big guy. So anyways, I just find it hilarious. Uh, so this one here is the Battle of the Big Men. The Battle of the Big Men for the Minch Chamber. Now, what goes on here? This was, about, this was about eight minutes. Eight minutes long, this match. Now, I find it hilarious. Samantha Irving's outside. Usually, when Samantha Irving's on the... Uh, you know, doing the announcing. Usually, when the match is going on, somebody is going to be thrown into her spot to get a closer look at Samantha. I mean, this is no difference. It's weird. It's a weird spot. Uh, Bobby Lashley was outside the ring there. He was outside the ring, and um, Bronson Reed comes out there. His patented move, Bronson Reed move. He, he runs on the apron, jumps off, and plows you, plows into you. You pretty much drop down. Fall right down. But this one here, Bobby Lashley with the supercell. The supercell, he gets launched right into the... Right into the uh, Timekeeper's area. Mm -hmm. Just want to get a close look at uh, Samantha Irving. Sorry, mister. She's married. Okay. So we move on. Now, yeah, he gets thrown right there eventually. Now, eventually, they get fight. the fight gets back in the ring there. Back in the ring. Um, it is some serious moves. Bronson Reed really knows how to work and knows how to move around because uh, he gets uh, suplexed. By Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley with a massive snap suplex on Bronson Reed. Really big moves. Really a big a moves. There's a lot of back and forth. Bronson Reed, Bronson Reed with a massive uh, um, non-release Death Valley driver. Like a Death Valley, uh, you know, um, brain buster. The usual thing. Now here we go. In this match here, it gets devastating. Bronson Reed goes for a top rope. Of course, maybe a tsunami. But he gets, um, Bobby Lashley gets up and then intercepts him on the top rope and throws him off. Big throw off the top rope, and uh, pretty much it's uh, over for Bronson Reed. No hurt lock, no uh, full Nelson for Bronson Reed, but however, it is the lamest, one of the lamest uh, 
looking spears out there. It's Bobby Lashley's who never gets spear of the year. Never. Because he does a front bump spear. He does a, he runs at you and does a front bump at you. And that was it. A lame front bump spear. Now here's the thing. Nobody at anybody's corner. Bronson Reed doesn't have anybody, but uh, Bobby Lashley's private party, all three of them, Montez, Angelo, and B-Fab, they just uh, wish him well on the entrance ramp. In the entrance ramp. So yeah, that's it for that. So moving on to the Elimination Chamber will be uh, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley. Moving on. We have a little thing here with uh, Jackie Redmond with Sami Zayn and his road to gold. Now he, uh, his, I guess his momentum completely got shot down with his huge loss with the Elimination Chamber qualifying match against uh, Drew McIntyre. I believe. And now, uh, you know, the question is, how shaken is your confidence going versus Shinsuke Nakamura? Now it's straight up. It's, he admits, uh, Sami Zayn admits, it is quite, frankly, it's embarrassing to lose such like that, you know? Um, so in losing, coming up short, it's a very embarrassing. And he's been embarrassed many times. Uh, but uh, he's got belief, belief in himself. And uh, he promises one day to become a champion. I think a champion, yeah, like intercontinental, U.S., something like that. Yeah, sure. Uh, world champion, I can't bear it. Yeah, I, can't, I can't see it. I think Sami Zayn's got the same chances of becoming world champion as uh, Ricochet. And uh, Andrew Dawkins, Montez Ford, a lot of people. Anyways, so yeah. Now Shinsuke himself, he pops up in the Jumbotron. Like a so. And... Uh, He's got a lot to say. And uh, it's, he said, first of all, he says, uh, Shinsuke, not a big fan of Sami Zayn. He thinks he's a fake, I guess. So he says, uh, he wants to, uh, first of all, he says, uh, you had the glory and the moments. Have you forgotten? You know, you act like you're a, uh, you know, you act like you're in misery. You want the people's sympathy. It's like, wow, is he uh, really doing that? Now, he says, uh, you know, um, Sami Zayn's a very, such a clever guy. Just like Cody Rhodes. You know, using, uh, uh, you know, manipulating crowd with manipulations. So tonight, show your true self in a ring. Because if you don't, you know, because uh, you swindle people, you know, trying to stay in the spotlight. Now, if you don't show the real you, it won't be tolerated by Shinsuke Nakamura. Your chance is gone, Shinsuke promises. And Shinsuke's warpath will continue. So, will Shinsuke, be, uh, will Shinsuke stop Sami Zayn's dreams? But Or will he move on? But we all know Japanese wrestlers, men, Japanese men, male wrestlers, in a, uh, uh, they have a glass ceiling, huge glass ceiling. None of the Japanese men ever became, and so as, as, as long as I know, they have never been a, the world champion in the WWE. So Shinsuke, he should lose this match, and he would, you know, eventually probably leave and disappoint in the WWE, you know? Like a lot of the Japanese wrestlers, they just leave, like, you know, what, what this? What is this? Like a Koshida and whatnot. Anyways, moving on. Moving on. We go to the ring. Oh my goodness. It is some crazy stuff. That's what he says. More than one royal family. We all know him. Taking his time, getting the drink. Crowd. The big conference just happened. Stay together. It's the man, Cody Rhodes. I got a rumbling in my bowels. And I think I'm gonna blow. There's a bathroom stall. I'm finally Toilet stare, I'm about to blow. I ate five tacos before the show. Shut the door and I sit down on the throne. Oh, whoa! I was never party trained when I was younger. My father was never there. Okay, that was really loud. And that, but it's Cody Rhodes. He's going to the ring there. He's got a big future ahead of himself. A big future. And it's so, uh, Lexington, Kentucky, 
what do you want to talk about? And they all cheer. You know, they're booking Cody Rhodes just perfectly. You know, people love Cody Rhodes and uh, he's booked perfectly. So he's, he's, he's aimed. That's the perfect face and of uh, the company. You know, he, Cody Rhodes is a man who loves to be loved. He hates to be hated. He needs to be loved. Not just love to be loved. He needs to be loved. And uh, the WWE is doing everything they can to push him as the face of the company. So here we go. Besides that little diatribe on Cody Rhodes. Now, he talks about, uh, he wants to talk about WrestleMania 40. He talks about him being in the main event, going to be in the main event with Roman Reigns. Now, he credits, he does what uh, every manipulator does, you know, like, uh, you know, John Cena. A lot of people, they don't make it about themselves. They make it about the crowd. And me getting to this big thing is not because of me, it's because of you, the people. You people made it happen. Really? Eat a fart, Cody Rhodes. Eat a big old stinky fart. Anyways, yeah, Cody Rhodes is saying all that stuff there and, uh, you know, and he starts, uh, now the rock is coming to town and, uh, well, well, everything's not happening. Now here's the thing. Um, the rock is, and he started talking straight about Cody Rhodes, talking about the new term, Cody crybaby, the Cody crybabies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and he starts to talk about, he was on a Pat McAfee show, it's ridiculous, talk about uh, nuggets and eating nuggets and stuffing nuggets in a butthole. It's like, okay, yep, that's what's happening, I guess, Rock, he's, uh, or should I call him Vin the Rock Diesel, because he looks a lot like Vin Diesel. Yeah, who cares what Rock looks like? Anyways, it's a huge thing. The fans are happy to see, the, no, they're not, they're, he, uh, the fans have turned on the Rock. But Rock is very important in the WWE, holding a huge prestigious position. So he's going to be doing a lot more in the WWE. He asked his daughter. She's a uh, general manager of the uh, NXT. Talk about uh, pulling your weight around. You know, My daughter doesn't have to wrestle. She's too delicate. Who cares? That maybe didn't happen. Anyways, uh, and during this whole thing, Cody Rhodes was slapped. He's not happy being slapped by The Rock. And, Rock want, and uh, Cody wants some uh, revenge on The Rock for being slapped in the face. And he says uh, he didn't make fun of uh, Rock's lineage or anything like that. He thinks he got slapped for nothing. Nothing! But in turn, um, it coming to the ring is... Whoa, whoa, whoa. It is uh, Seth freaking Rollins gets the ring there. And uh, basically, Cody Rhodes, first he thanks Seth Rollins for saving him, saving Cody at the press conference, you know, getting his back. Now... Seth, he comes in there. He accepts the fact that Cody Rhodes is uh, trying to get his, uh, um, going after Roman Reigns to finish his story. And he accepts the fact and he feels that, uh, you know what, you need to finish your story against uh, Roman Reigns. You got to. Because if you don't, if you will lose against Cody, against Roman Reigns, Roman will be even worse than he is now. Now, Roman Reigns, he fought like four times last year and it's ridiculous. Now, if he wins, if Roman Reigns wins, that means... Roman Reigns would just even fight even less, you know, be even more of an absentee champion. Take this company for granted, being taking being a wrestler for granted, you know. Roman Reigns, the less he fights, the happier he is. So basically, he's saying this: if Cody Rhodes loses his match against Roman Reigns, forget about it. Roman's is considered would be considered the forever champion, ruining the business, ruining the business forever and ever and ever. No, he didn't say all that, but I truly believe that. So yeah. So, I guess it's a thing. Um, it basically comes down to this. So, uh, Seth Rollins said, this happened last year. This happened last year. And you lost. You got swindled out of your victory. So, what's your plans this year? You know? Um, because you're not just dealing with the bloodline. No, no, no. You know, you're not dealing with just uh, Jimmy or Paul Heyman or uh, Sol Sokoa. You're also dealing with The Rock. And... Uh, the man in the WWE these days, I guess. And he's got some a big position, regardless. So it comes down to this, you know. Uh, he feels that this whole thing, they're all. It's, he feels sickened by the entitlement that's going on with the uh, the bloodline, and it's got to change. It's got to change. And Seth Rollins has got Cody Rhodes' back when they got the match. So that's good. That's a good. It's pretty good. 
We go from that to backstage with Kathy Kelly, with uh, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, and Jimmy Uso. And uh, it's confirmed. Next week will be an Intercontinental Championship match where uh, Gunter, your reigning and uh, you know defending champion, will defend his belt against Jay Uso. Jay Uso. Moving on. We go to our next match. It is a women's division. It is uh, an Elimination Chamber qualifying match. It is between uh, the returning Liv Morgan with an all-new look. Wow. You know, I like that apron she's wearing around her waist. You know, it's not quite a skirt, because a skirt would cover up your entire butt and vaginal area. But it does not. But she wore a little... Who cares? Anyway, so it's uh, Liv Morgan versus Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark. Um, now, Zoe, she's she's a competent wrestler. She's been uh, basically mid-carding it all the time, and no wonder who's going to win this. I bet uh, I put money on Liv Morgan because she's back, and she's uh, she's after she's got revenge on her mind. Liv Morgan apparently kayfabe story. Liv Morgan got put out by uh, Rhea Ripley, and she wants revenge. Even though what really happened was uh, Dakota Kai injured her in a real match. Anyways, so she wants revenge against Rhea Ripley, and she's got to go through this match and the Elimination Chamber. First things first. What goes on with this? This was about uh, about six minutes in length. Back and forth in this match, obviously, like most matches. Um, Liv Morgan with a nice-looking uh, springboard in Zagiri. Right to the face of uh, you know, uh, Zoe Stark. Now, here's one. The big move in the match. It's uh, They're outside of the ring on the apron, of course. Outside of the rope, still on in the ring. It's still on the apron of the ring. And it's uh, Zoe Stark's apron. Uh, Fireman's carries, uh, you know, Liv Morgan. And then uh, Death Valley drives her right on the hardest part of the ring. Yep, that's right. The apron area. Mm-hmm. It's true. Now, here we go. Off the second rope. Liv Morgan hits now. Michael Cole calls it the, uh, what's that? Uh, um, what's that? Uh, the code breaker. Calls it a code breaker. You know, the Lung Lord, the Code Break hits a second one Code Breaker, not calling it the recoil anymore. So, what's going on with the Ricochet? Anyway, so regardless, recoil, uh, the uh, Lung, the, uh, what's that, the, uh, you know, um, Code Breaker off the second rope takes down Zoe Stark. However, it goes on, carries on more. Zoe Stark with a massive power bomb onto uh, Liv Morgan. But, however, it ends like a so. Um, oh, before we move on. Zoe Stark, she's so athletic. Now, she has one move. It is absolutely uh, fearless, I think. She does a springboard dropkick. Now, what makes this so impressive? It's like, unlike Becky Lynch, when she goes on the top rope, it's very minimalistic. Minimalistic when Becky Lynch goes on the top rope. When Zoe Stark goes on the top rope, it is an event. She hit that, she springboards herself on top rope, a la AJ Styles style. And then Liv Morgan is two-thirds the way across the ring. Two-thirds way across the ring. And Zoe Stark nails her with a massive dropkick. I don't like the fact that while watching the show, the camera angle changes so that you can't see how, how far Zoe Stark jumped to hit that dropkick. The depth perception was terrible. It, it downplayed how great that move was. Shame on whoever did the editing of that match. Regardless. After that, Zoe Stark tries to finish it with a, with a phoenix splash. Now, she didn't get full rotation on it. If uh, Liv Morgan was still underneath the Phoenix Splash, she would have got injured once again. But she wasn't there. Liv Morgan moved out of the way. And they, the finishing sequence begin. Liv Morgan with another code breaker, standing code breaker, hits, uh, you know, Shayna Baszler. She hits uh, Zoe Stark, I should say, Shayna's partner. Zoe hits the ropes. And then one massive springboard, uh, you know, uh, flatliner. It is the, uh, what's that, uh, the Oblivion. Oblivion. The springboard flatliner. That's right. It looks lame, but he, she won it. Moving on. And meeting now. Who moved on? The, you know, joining, of course, going to Elimination Chamber is Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, and Liv Morgan. All going to the Elimination Chamber. Now, we move on to some weird things going on. It's a Judgment Day. All the Judgment Days back there. Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, J.D. McDonough, and Damien Priest. However, no mommy, 
Mommy's been, uh, rarely been around to Judgment Day these days. I think she's just doing her own thing. I don't know. Regardless, it is, and then it's our truth joins in with the thing of, hey, what's uh, Jada McDonald's doing here? He's not part of Judgment Day. <sighs> Still thinks it's part of Judgment Day. It is, yeah, the comedy routine. The comedy, the comic relief, our truth. What a dimwit. What an idiot. What a buffoon. Anyways, it is uh, Damien Priest, finally, he has to step up and stay, say exactly, he's got to lay it all on the line. Lay it all on the line. You know, it's like, it's been fun while it lasted, but uh, the joke's over. You never were, part never, you weren't, you are not part of uh, the Judgment Bay, and you never were. Now, it's time for your execution. So yeah, so yeah, he's like, a, though, those weren't initiating, those weren't, weren't initiation beatings we gave you. Those are just straight up beatings. <laughs> So anyways, here comes the truth. The R-Truth finding out the horrible truth. The awful truth of what his situation is with uh, Judgment Day. So coming up next, it is a big uh, match. The Judgment Day R-Truth match. And uh, backstage, it's R-Truth desperately on the phone with th the Miz. The Miz is in another country or another state, whoever. And he just can't get there. So R-Truth's like, oh, I'm going to get my arse kicked. <laughs> but it's crazy. This match was so ridiculous. Jada McDonough versus R-Truth. This match here was about six and a half minutes. It was about six minutes of Jada McDonough getting his ass kicked. Jada McDonough was getting his ass kicked for the whole entire match, practically. R-Truth was doing the best of John Cena. You know? And Jada McDonough. Oh, Jada McDonough. My gosh. He really was getting way too enthusiastic in this match. Now, just one thing. I've never seen any bump, any anybody sell a move like this. It was ridiculous. Our truth grabs Jaden McDonough's head and bounces it against the top turnbuckle pad. And apparently the recoil, the recoil was so powerful, it bounced JD McDonough right off of it, doing a backflip. Actually, do a front, doing a front bump. It's like, really? Really? It's like, wow. That was lame. Now I still believe JD McDonough is one of the greatest wrestlers out there. Great mic skills. And as in Judgment Day, he's doing nothing. Nothing. It's sad to see JD just uh you know, make our truth look like a superhero. Anyways, yeah, JD gets hit with the uh, you know the attitude adjustment. This is our truth. This his entire his ninety percent of our truth's uh, offense is John Cena moves. You know, it is lame. Uh, attitude adjustment. Now, here we go. We got a moment here where we find that uh, JD's in well over his head. So then uh, Finn Balor distracts the referee, so Dominic Mysterio can pull him out to safety. And that's how you do it. If Dominic Mysterio just pull him out, the referee can see that and say, oh, that's his qualification. You can't touch him. But anyway, it's done properly. Like that. So yeah, eventually, the fight goes on. R-Truth gets the uh, five-knuckle, five-knuckle shuffle. The you-can't-see-me five-knuckle shuffle by John Cena. So lame. Hits J.D. McDonald with that damn move. And then... He picks him up for the attitude adjustment. He picks him up, or the FU. The FU picks him up there um, for the F5. And then this Damien Priest, he starts, he kind of climbs up the, you know, apron there. R-Truth's like, oh, JD, I, I respect you a lot. So he goes to see what JD, what, uh, you know, Damien's up to. And then it's JD. He tries to turn things around, but however, he tries to roll up R-Truth. R-Truth kicks out. R-Truth, they scuffle a little bit. R-Truth then goes in for his uh, axe kick. He goes, runs up for his axe kick. JD moves out of the way. And one offensive move later, one offensive move later, JD McDonough grabs R-Truth by the arm, pulls him in for the, uh, what's that? It's He calls it the uh, Devlin side. JD Devlin. No, Jordan Devlin. Um, the Devlin inside a Saido suplex. The side suplex. And that was it. One side suplex and it was over. Mm -hmm. But it is what it is. R-Truth after that. R-Truth. Now, it was a big attack. Is this supposed to be the... Uh, um, what is that? Um, the execution of R-Truth. So then we got ourselves uh, Finn Balor. Um, what's that? Uh, Dominic Mysterio. Trying to attack. You know? And uh, Finn Balor gets just totally beaten up by R-Truth, thrown out the ring. Um, Dominic Mysterio gets beaten up. Like, what the heck's going on? 
um, R-Truth just single-handedly beating up Judgment Day until, of course, uh, Dominic, Damien Priest comes in the ring there. And I guess R-Truth's got too much respect for Damien Priest. I don't know. But he just decides not to attack Damien Priest. And he turns around to beat up uh, some more uh, J.D. McDonough. His J.D. was behind him. And then he turns around to face uh, Damien Priest again. And Damien with a massive right hand to the face. It was over. And then it's uh, basically the beatdown. They start kicking up uh, R-Truth. Now R-Truth got a worse beatdowns when he thought they were initiation beatdowns. But this was nothing. And so then they're beating down uh, R-Truth. And then that's when DIY, DIY, do it yourself. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, otherwise known as the Spirit Squad 2.0. While they're under the Miz's uh, leadership, DIY is considered, in my mind, under the Miz's leadership, is the new, you know, Spirit Squad. Moving on. Now we got ourselves a little bit of the Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. You know, uh, giving some insurance to uh, Sami Zayn. Says, uh, I believe in you. You know, I, I totally believe in you. So it's, it's kind of weird. Uh, you know, uh, they'll go like that. Uh, but it is what it is, uh, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, he says, I got confidence in you. Trust me. And then he goes, goes to hug, uh, or he goes to shake uh, Sami Zayn's hand. And Sami's like, forget, move that thing aside. And he gives uh, Cody Rhodes a big old hug. Oh, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I know you like hugs. He didn't say any of that. But he appreciates Cody Rhodes, uh, you know, uh, seeing the talents of Sami Zayn. Uh, moving on. We go with a wonderful in-ring promo with your mom, Becky Lynch. Now she talks about her history. She comes in the ring there looking like, uh, you know, uh, Lita 2.0. You know, the baggy pants, because she needs the baggy pants, because she's so skinny now. She's got to have anything that puffs herself out, makes her look big. And regardless of my bitching about how gaunt Sammy's, uh Becky Lynch looks these days. So she goes in the ring there and she's talking about her history, her entire history of herself. Being at 15 years old, she fell in love. She became obsessed with the WWE, you know. And she even says um, she was so unathletic as a child. She failed gym class. Failed it. And all you got to do is just be there for gym class. You don't have to do anything. You just have to show up and you pass. She couldn't even do that. She not only, she, uh, um, in the wrestling, she, she met a lot of things. She main event from uh, failing gym class to main eventing wrestling to meeting her husband and having a daughter there. But unfortunately, the boo-hoo-hoo story starts with uh, Becky Lynch because, you know, she's a wrestler and she gets beaten up a lot. And uh, her daughter has to see all that stuff, her bloodied and bruised face. But also, um, she can also see her mom beat people up too in the Elimination Chamber. The Elimination Chamber. You know, uh, because basically, this is what Becky Lynch's plans. Becky Lynch's plans is to win at the Elimination Chamber and go on to face Aurea Ripley, the most dominant champ right now. That's what she says. Anyways, coming down to the ring, instead of, uh, Rhea, instead of Rhea Ripley, it is Nia Jax. She goes down to the ring. And what's Nia got to say? Well, she's full of uh, patronizing remarks. She's like, a te you know, boo-hoo tears coming through his mouth. And she said, I got respect for you. <laughs> Anybody would be lucky to have a mom like you. Becky, you're going to win the Elimination Chamber match. <laughs> but she was being all patronizing. But it's, uh, basically, it's uh, who's going to get Rhea Ripley? And it's Nia Jax. She, if anybody wants Rhea Ripley, Nia Jax wants her. Because right now, as of this moment, Nia Jax has Rhea Ripley's number. Every time Rhea Ripley comes in the ring there to fight Nia Jax, Nia Jax puts her down and sits on her face. After that, we got ourselves, oh, Rhea Ripley comes in the ring there with her own music, no damn Judgment Day music, her own music. And she comes in, and she attacks uh, Nia Jax. And then uh, Nia Jax uh, throws Rhea Ripley into the corner where Becky Lynch is standing. And then she squashes both of them into the corner. And it's uh, Nia and uh, Rhea scuffle a bit. And then up the top rope, Becky Lynch goes. And with her patented, um, what's that? Horizontal. Her horizontal top rope, horizontal uh, dropkick. Becky Lynch. 
she uh, from the top rope, she literally somehow when she drop here, final drop kick, when she drop kicks, she is uh, level with the top rope. She doesn't get any height. It's it's almost uh, magic how Becky Lynch can uh, go to the top rope and almost do nothing. But she drop kicks uh, Nia Jax. Somehow the uh, 80 pound Becky Lynch can knock Nia Jax out of her boots and outside the ring. And then you think, oh my gosh, is Rhea Ripley going to attack Becky Lynch? But Rhea Ripley runs by attack Becky Lynch and super kicks Nia Jax outside the ring. So, yep, we're going to have the thing. We're going to have a thing going on. Will it be a triple threat eventually? Who knows? It's too far away. We don't even know if Becky Lynch is going to go through the Elimination Chamber, which the likely of Becky Lynch winning the Elimination Chamber is pretty damn good. And then after that, we go backstage with uh, Jackie Redman with Drew McIntyre. You know, um, Drew with his proudly wearing his shirt that he took out uh, CM Punk no longer going to Wrestle Wrestlemania but anyways right now he's saying you may say anything you want about Drew McIntyre but he's doing everything the right way he's doing things the right way um, but he's got a warning because next week it's uh, Cody Rhodes versus uh, Drew McIntyre he warns Cody Rhodes like listen you better you should really consider uh, pulling out of the match next week because you won't want any of this to do McIntyre. He didn't really say that, but he did warn um, Cody Rhodes not to not to fight Drew McIntyre because the outcome will not be good for Cody Rhodes. Moving on, we go the most confused man, the delusional, uh, the Mister Stupido. Oh my God! I mean, I really shouldn't be saying so many bad things, but our truth is definitely a Daft Punk. He's he's. God damn, he's stupid. He goes there. He meets uh, the DIY, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, and he thanks them. Thanks them for helping him out. And he calls him DX. Hey, DX, you guys help me. And he calls uh, uh, Johnny Gargano, Shawn Michaels, and Tommaso Ciampa, you know, Triple H. It's like, what is going on? I got two words for you. Thank you. I'm going to go over here now. I'm our truth. My goodness, my goodness, this guy is a daft moron. So, we go to our main event match. Actually, not a main event, we're our second main event match. This is the match of the night. That's why I consider it the main event, because it's the match of the night, my, my opinion. This is the second Elimination Chamber qualifying match in the men's division. It is L.A. Knight versus the Viking Raiders, Ivar. And with Ivar, it's, of course... Valhalla is here. She is, I consider her the most curvaceous woman. She is uh, extremely feral and very sexy. Valhalla. God damn, she looks great. And can she do anything to help out uh, Ivar? Because clearly, this is going to be uh, LA Knights to the moon. You know, Ivar's going to lose this match. It's, uh, but how is this going? But it was a good match. Um, this was about eight and a half minutes. I respect the hell of this match. It was a beginning part of the match. It was a lot of back and forth. Beginning part of the match was all LA Knight just running through Ivar. It's like, wow, what's going on? Ivar is just getting handed to him. Just getting his arse handed to him. You know, uh, Valhalla tries to help out Ivar early on in the match, distracting, uh, you know, LA Knight. Referee sees this distraction, but does not, however, does not get rid of Valhalla. Hey, you can't do that, Valhalla. Out you go. But he said he didn't do anything. The referee, of course, is Chad Patton. Not Tad Pat, it's uh, Eddie Regno. Anyways, they take the fight outside. And your vintage um, LA Knight, he gets uh, Ivar's head and starts bouncing it, bouncing it off the uh, commentating table. It is always hilarious because uh, they'll go down like, oh, 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 oh. they're slapping the old uh, commentating, table, the commentating table with their hands. It is hilarious. But uh, however, the live crowd eats it up. Like, LA Knight, you're great. This bounces head like a basketball. Anyways, they're, they're fighting outside for at least, at least uh, 40 seconds out there. This was craziness. I mean, uh, the referee just didn't care. That 45 seconds round, they cut the commercial break when they're outside. But like 45 seconds, I've seen matches end in 25 seconds in a disqualification, count on disqualification, 45 seconds plus. Nobody cared about rolling into the ring, breaking the count. It's sad, you know. If you cannot take it upon yourself, upon yourself to roll in, ring, roll, break the count, you should never have a spot outside the ring in the first place. It's true. It's a lot of responsibility fighting outside the ring, keeping track what's going on. Because the risk of fighting outside is being disqualified. 
Anyways, the match goes back inside the ring there. Um, it one huge move. Now, LA Knight's got this move thing here where uh, Ivar is on a, sitting on the top rope. LA Knight comes up, jumps on, climbs up the rope there, tries to pull him off. He gets pushed off. LA Knight then does the second attempt. He jumps on the top rope and pulls Ivar. Literally, he pulls Ivar off the top rope. Now, why I say pull? Because it wasn't a real suplex. A, a, a suplex is what, uh, what's that? Brett the Hitman Hart does. He picks you up and then drops you down. Everybody comes down safely, looks beautiful, and it's safe. Now, this one here, Ivar gets pulled off the top rope. I don't think he got enough jump on it, but it was very dangerous for Ivar. He's a big, big man, and landing high on your shoulders, upper neck, does not help one's career. Yeah, so it's a very... I don't like these suplexes. They're rushed, and they're uh, they're lazy. They're not putting any effort making a good quality, safe suplex. Regardless. You move on. Ivar, with a massive, you know... Uh, Massive, what's that? Uh, tornado slam, a tilt a world slam, just catching uh, the Miz, uh, catching uh, Miz. <laughs> they, they look to have the same type of Anyways, catch Silly Knight, dropping him down. But however, the match goes on. Um, one huge move Ivar with the Tyler Driver uh, 90, 90, 94, something like that. Uh, Tyler Driver 97, I believe that's what it's called, with a Tyler Driver hitting LA Knight with this huge power bomb. It's like, wow. That could have been over, but it wasn't. The fight goes on. LA Knight is put into the corner. Ivar with the massive Bronco Buster. Tries to Bronco Bust uh, LA Knight. LA moves out of the way. Ivar crotches himself on the bottom turnbuckle pad. That's right. And then after that is a scoop slam. Now, I say this. Anybody can scoop slam anybody. You know, it is how it is. I've seen Andre the Giant get scoop slammed. By Jake the Snake Roberts. Now, here's the thing. When uh, a scoop slam is done by your opponent, it is when you pick up and throw them down right away. Now, if a scoop slam is done by you as well, once you scoop them up and you hold them there for a good couple of seconds, that is you. That is you holding them up. Now, uh, this is uh, clearly Ivar scooped himself up because when uh, he, he went down fast, it was up and down. You know, he had to, uh, LA Knight had to drop him fast. Otherwise, his legs would have, his knees would have buckled and he would have fell down, looked like the fool. Looked like the fool. But anyways, this match was great. Ivar, big fan. His wrestling abilities, his look, his uh, Valhalla. <sighs> Love it. Every minute. Every minute. And then LA Knight follows up the uh, big elbow. And then things get crazy. It's uh, Valhalla. One more time, she gets in the face, gets on a ring apron, showing her for her curvaceous body to, uh, you know, LA Knight. He's like, oh, hello there. He turns around, gets distracted, and he, when he turns around, he gets spinning heel kicked in the face by Ivar. Ivar thinks, that's it. He goes to the top rope with a uh, massive moonsault. The doom salt. He misses, you know, it uh, looks like Valhalla's like, yes, we win! She's sitting there, not looking at what's happening in the ring there. Ivar goes for the moonsault. The LA Knight moves out of the way, picks up Ivar, and then with the blunt force trauma, ends it the match in about... Like it's eight and a half minutes. This was, I loved it. It was a great match. I love, uh, I think, Ivar. Uh, hopefully he starts uh, making, no, just uh, the end of last year. Ivar's made paths as a single competitor. Single, you know. And uh, usually when they're tag when someone's tag team partner is out, they take them both out. But I'm glad, I'm glad Ivar is uh, taking on the singles competition. You know, he lost a couple of times, but he looks good. I'm, I'm regardless, moving on. So moving on to the Elimination Chamber. The Elimination Chamber will be uh, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, and uh, L.A. Knight. Now we go going towards our main event match. It's uh, with Sami Zayn heading towards the ring, and he's got a little bit of a, an obstacle of a Drew McIntyre. Just sick of hearing his name being uttered by Sami Zayn, he tells him in the morning, he's warning Sami Zayn not to uh, utter his name in his breath any longer. And Sami's like, you're my way. So yeah, but after that, we got ourselves is Now, apparently, there's going to be a last chance for an entry for the, uh, with the Elimination Chamber. And it's Adam Pierce with Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae and the woman of the hour. The great Chelsea Green. Charming and uh, a little bit on the ignorant side. 
she's great. Her mic, mic skills, her comic comedic timing, just next level. She's great. She can teach a lot of people how to, uh, how just, I don't know, how just be entertaining. God damn it. So anyway, she feels that uh, she should be entered in this uh, elimination chamber because of who she is. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we caught ourselves uh, with Zoe Stark and uh, Shayna Baszler. Shayna running her mouth saying, talking to, uh, you know, uh, the great Chelsea Green. Chelsea. I hear she wants to bring her husband into the WWE. He, he ain't coming back. There's no way. I mean, Chelsea, she's got a lot of pull. Who knows? Maybe Chelsea's got a lot of pull. If anybody brings him back, it will be her. And he'll just be another jobber for the rest of his career. And who cares? It's not about the not about Chelsea's the great Chelsea's husband. It's about what's going to happen. It's going to be a, a last chance battle royal coming up for your uh, final elimination chamber entrance. So next up, we got our match. It is Sami Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Both is a must win. You know they're both in the slide. They're both mid card, but this is the you know mid, uh, main event match. But both these wrestlers are sliding down. They're getting further and further away from gold. So each one of these need a win. Now, Shinsuke. Now, Sami Zayn, he gets thrown in the corner. Now, Shinsuke's got this move. He does every now and then. It, I think it's 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 pretty lame, I gotta say. It's a uh, German second. Now, Sami Zayn, he gets thrown into the second ropes. Sami and Shinsuke comes running at him after him. Sami puts one foot up, but he was supposed to put two feet up because uh, Shinsuke picks up his other foot and then throws them both outside the second rope. So now Sami Zayn is sitting on the second rope for the perfect position for the uh, sliding uh, German suplex where Shinsuke slides underneath uh, Sami Zayn, grabs his waist, and Sami Zayn drops backwards off the second rope. And it's supposed to be devastating. It's supposed to be devastating. Yeah, Sami Zayn, he gets his revenge. He gets a nice, uh, massive uh, tope suicida well over the top rope. Rarely done these days. No one likes going over the top rope. The top rope, over the top rope, tope suicida, that is the most... Uh, I guess technically uh, complicated move, athletically complicated, and the most scariest thing to do as Topo Suicidas go. So the match goes on. Sami Zayn, he's, he's got this style of wrestling where, uh, you know, when you got a sequence, he's going to do a, a blue thunder bomb, but he doesn't get it, and they fight on a little bit more, and finally gets a blue thunder bomb. That's how it usually goes to Sami Zayn. Always fighting for that blue thunder bomb. But he gets it on uh, Shinsuke. Does not work, though. Does not work. Now, Shinsuke's outside the ring. Sami Zayn's going for an old-time move. Like something he did when, when he was like in his uh, late 20s. Now, he does his old move. Now, it is a massive athletic maneuver. It takes a lot of skill and a lot of athletic ability where uh, you dive from outside the ring, you run towards the corner of the ring, you dive through the first and second ropes at the, at the corner, between the two ropes, and then uh, go in with a uh, tornado DDT. That is difficult on a good day for one of the best wrestlers in the world. And will this happen? No. Um, Sami Zayn jumps through, attempting to move, but he gets kicked in the face. But we all know this move is so goddamn hard to do. And the success of this move is very low. Especially the older you are, the less it works. Anyway, so Shinsuke gets him in the face with a kick. Moving on. Now, at the end of the match was so weird, so strange. Now, Shinsuke has uh, Sami Zayn at his mercy. He goes to the second rope with a massive knee to the back of the head. It looks certainly, certainly to me, it looks like a Kinshasa to the back of the head. And not only does he get him in once, he goes back up and hits him with the second one to the back of the head. Second Kinshasa. It's like, wow, that should be over. Should be over right there. But, uh, um, Shinsuke decides to go for an actual Kinshasa. So he runs up. But however, somehow, Sami Zayn shook off. He shakes off both those massive flying knees to the back of the head. Two of them shakes them off like nothing. Like nothing. And then uh, uh, Shinsuke's going for his Kinshasa, his third his Kinshasa in a row. I consider it the third one, but I guess this is his first. And the Sami Zayn catches him with a lariat spinning, knocking um, Shinsuke for a loop out of his boots. It's like, what is going on? What is going on? Now, Shinsuke, he gets beat to the corner, and the referee decides, hey, I'm not going to count. I'm just going to pull you off, Shinsuke. How dare you attack Shinsuke in the corner? So referee, oh my God. Chad Patton, how dare you? Do not touch 
the talent, you give them warnings, you count, you tell them that you got to count of five. After five, I'm going to disqualify you. No ifs, ands, or buts. Then you can start counting. He can even take that much time to tell him that what he's going to do. So yeah, um, Shinsuke then eventually gets, uh, or Shinsuke eventually gets uh, what? Exploder suplex. Sammy exploder suplexes Shinsuke into the corner, sets up for the Huluva kick, and that's when Drew McIntyre runs down to the ring. There, he gets uh, Sammy Zayn's attention. Sammy's like, "What are you doing? Who? What? what, 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 what? Turns around, check out what's going on. Shinsuke turns him around. Gives him one hell of a kick. No, it is the uh, the Kinshasa, the Kinshasa, right to the back of uh, Sami Zayn's head. One, two, three, over! Sami Zayn loses because he lost his con concentration in the match. I mean, he didn't have to turn around to face uh, Drew McIntyre. He could just finish off his uh, Huluva kick. But nope, Sami Zayn beat himself. Shinsuke big, with a big victory. However, though, after the match, it's a double team. Shinsuke just didn't leave. Shinsuke... Is very upset with uh, Sami Zayn. So is this kind of could this be a, an alliance, Shinsuke and Drew McIntyre, or is it just alliance for the day, for the night? And it's Shinsuke and uh, Drew McIntyre stomping the holy hell out of Sami Zayn, and that's when you know uh, Cody Rhodes comes down the road again, comes down there, saved the hell out of uh, Sami Zayn, gives uh, you know to him and uh, Drew McIntyre scuffle a little bit. Gives a massive, uh, you know, the Cody Cutter, the Drew, and then the, uh, what's that, you know, crossroads to uh, Shinsuke. And yep, that's it. Next week's going to be Drew McIntyre versus uh, Cody Rhodes. In a match that's going to prove, I don't know what's going to prove. Yeah, superiority, I guess. But anyways, that does wrap it up. Uh, that wraps up another episode of Raw for this week. Um, now, stay tuned. Actually, no. That's it for this week. Uh, so, we'll see you in another video with uh, NXT. So, I've been your host, Lip Hazelwood, saying I'll see you on the flippity-flop.